like I, we didn't throw my bouquet. We didn't do the garter toss. Um, oh my god, the guard when when the dude has to go under the dress yeah, like, to get the garter. I'm sorry, like that's so your comfortable. Parents are around, guys. All of the relatives are there. <laughs> like all of the relatives, like oh all god. your family are there, and you are watching your niece daughter whatever that's a lot sit there and then have their new husband reach up into their dress with their mouths mm. and grab the garter like, and and as no. the husband that's exactly what i'm thinking like i'm about to go under the dress and i look over and uncle jeff is just staring <laughs> me down like oh my god i'm about to do this in front of everybody <laughs> it's so awkward that's weird welcome to the rom-com rewind podcast Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're joining us here. You love romantic comedies. We do as well. So, this is a show where we rewatch rom coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide does it still hold up? This week we have Good, Good Luck, Luck Chuck. Chuck. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure you follow, subscribe, and Apple Podcasts, leave reviews wherever you like. And if you want to reach out to us about anything you hear on the podcast, you want to chat, at Romcom Rewind on Instagram. TikTok, and you can email romcomrewind at gmail.com. Before we get started, we did get a message from Jenny on Instagram. Jenny said, Hi, Devin and Sarah. I've been a fan of the podcast for about a year now, and I love it and you both so much. About Time is my absolute favorite movie in the world. Nothing can ever top this movie. I've been dying for you to do an episode about it, and I audibly gasped excitement at my desk at work this morning when I saw the podcast notification pop up on my phone. I feel like you described it perfectly when you called it elegant and special. Listening to this episode was like a warm hug. Haha. <laughs> also, I cried when Devin got choked up at the end because same. Yeah, girl. It's emotional at the end. This movie just gets me. It's like a laughing face emoji. Gets me too, Jenny. You got Devin as well because he did tear up, in fact, at your message. Well, so thank, it, no, so thank you so, so, so much for sending it. It's a big movie. It is and a big movie. It, there's kind of like a weight to doing those podcasts. Like on yes. The Notebook, you're like, hey, this this is like an A++ movie. Yeah. We can't f*** this podcast. I know, up, I know. Like, when, we go in, when we go into big movies, <laughs> just to let you guys know, when we go into big movies, we both say before we do it, we're like, okay, like we got to do this justice. Like we, we really, really got to make sure that everything is, you know, perfect for this. So we hope we did about time justice because um, there were so many uh, recommendations and suggestions for, for about time. So we hope we, we did it justice. Uh, Good Luck Chuck is a 2007 romantic comedy directed by Mark Halfrick. Good Luck Chuck is the story of Charlie Logan, or Chuck, played by Dane Cook. Charlie is a fairly successful dentist who operates a practice down the hall from his childhood best friend turned cosmetic surgeon Stu, played by Dan Fogler. Charlie was unfortunately cursed when he was a teenager, cursed that every woman he will ever be with once they leave Charlie, will find their one true love, which is twisted into a horrible scenario when Charlie meets the love of his life, Cam, played by Jessica Alba. But upon realizing he has met the love of his life, he understands if he's with her, she will inevitably leave him and find her true love due to the curse. That's our lead-in for Good Luck Chuck. I'd like to propose a toast to Charlie for being my lucky charm. Women call him. You're that Charlie? Or Charlie. Good luck, Chuck. Bye, yeah.
Whoa, 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 whoa. You're a lucky charm. You have sex with someone and then they find their true love. Isn't that how it works? Has everybody lost their minds? That's ridiculous. I guess you are a lucky charm. Oh, yeah. So in 2007, Good Luck Chuck, like I thought it was a pretty good movie. I, you know, Dane Cook was at the height of Dane Cook and his comedy career, getting into movies more and whatnot. Jessica Alba, you know, I she was in movies. Like, where did she go <laughs> at this point? Um, I thought it was like a fun, you know, laughable slapstick, funny com- rom-com. At the time, back at in the 07. time. Okay. Um, rewatching it, I don't know what to say. It it's like Wait. not good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like I'm, I was appalled at a lot of the jokes they made because I'm like, these did not age well. They're not funny. They're extremely misogynistic or sexist, and it's just like it give me an ick, you know, a little bit of an ick. Oh, the ick! I the like ick. it. Yeah, yeah. And did we find Dane Cook funny? You know, like back then, yeah. Well, like we definitely we did, did, but we don't anymore. Yeah, the, the, I agree. I think this movie is exactly why we do this podcast because I also remember loving Good Luck Chuck. It yeah. was hilarious. Then again, that's a seventeen-year-old Devin watching that movie. True, that's a really good point. And maybe, I, maybe a seventeen-year-old idiot was the exact demographic you want watching that movie. Because it was rated R. Yeah, I yeah, you're right. Definitely not quite as funny anymore. A lot of the jokes, like you said, turn a little bit cringy. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. No, exactly. Uh, so, um, you know, with all that said, I think this is a very fascinating movie to watch in 2022 because, like, that's a f-ing weird movie now. You know, it's like <laughs> almost 15 years old, and I have so much to talk about this movie. And full transparency. It's going to be a lot of poking fun because that's how this movie is aged. Yeah. So, yeah, despite the fact that, like, I didn't love it, I'm going to love doing a podcast about it. So the movie starts out um, at a teen party in 1985, and they're playing a game of Spin the Bottle, and they end up, I think it's like a dual game. It's like Spin the Bottle and Seven Minutes in Heaven. Well, that is how Seven Minutes in Heaven is played. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, clearly I never played it. So, um, yeah, okay, so they're playing Seven Minutes in Heaven, and young Chuck really wants this the bottle to be spun for this one in particular girl across the across the circle, um, but it ends up being spun to... Um, the goth chick. Yeah, the girl who's a little goth, but she really likes him. She's been staring at him. They go into the, the closet. Anisha! Oh, I can't breathe! I love you, Charlie. I've loved you since the third grade. Um, thank you. She hexes him and says, you know, I like you, Charlie, and you don't like me, and... Charlie Logan, you are not my boyfriend anymore. I hex you. You what? I hex you. You will never be happy. Around you, love will fall like rain. You won't hold it. Your heart will pain. Once the girl has been with you, to the next, she will be true. And he doesn't really think anything of it. He goes on with his life. He dates all these girls. He gets, you know, fast forward a few years. He gets invited to, it seems that he gets invited to a lot of his ex-girlfriend's weddings. Right. And one in particular he's going to. She comes up to him and she actually thanks him in her speech. Thank you for dating me. Like, thank you for going out with me. And, you know, you led me to find my my true love. And She calls him her good luck charm. Yes. 
And this is kind of where we start to see all the girls kind of realize like, oh, like you're the the guy. So clearly there's been some conversation before this moment that, hey, girls who tend to date Chuck go on to bigger, better things than Chuck. Yes. And end up with a ring on their finger, which Mm -hmm. like in, in my mind, it seems like the way that the movie has portrayed this is that the ultimate goal in a woman's life is to end up with a ring on her finger and married. That's a good point. Right? Like, just the way, like, all the girls are, like, looking at him, like, oh, my God, like, swooning over him. I'm like, guys, this this is not the be-all, end-all. Like, yeah. you can survive without yeah. a man. <laughs> Imagine you sleep with Chuck and all of a sudden you get a promotion at work. Like, yeah. oh, I, I prefer that instead of the guy, actually. <laughs> yeah, more cash money. What? Yeah. <laughs> Let's be forward thinking about what women want. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Feminism. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so uh, at this wedding, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens. Chuck's ex is getting married, which is great. Awesome. Super. And then Chuck's most recent ex, who they were... They just broke up. They just, just broke up, probably like days before the wedding. She is canoodling with another guy that's there. Good word, canoodling. Thank you, thank you. And um, there is a bouquet toss. The bride throws the bouquet and into the crowd, and his most recent ex catches it. Can we talk about bouquet tosses? Absolutely. Worst bouquet toss stories. Sarah, I know you have a good one. So at a friend's wedding, um, the bride went into the middle of the floor and threw her bouquet. Somebody caught the bouquet. She ended up on the floor. And a friend of ours ended up trying to pull the bouquet out of... Like, I think they both caught it at the same time. And they, they were, like, tugging it back and forth. And the girl that was on the floor was actually also pregnant. Yeah. It was kind of like um, like a tug of war. It was very like NFL. The bouquet went up in the air. Two girls grabbed it. They <laughs> fell to the ground, yeah. and we we did not have a clear reception on either side. No. And then instead of just one of them giving up the bouquet, they kind of tussled back and forth. Yes. Rather aggressively. Yes. Yes. And actually, a f- another friend of ours um, caught it on tape, like caught it on video. Well, she got it on, it on boomerang. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. How old? I are don't you? know. I mean, what got me was the fact that the the girl on the ground was pregnant, still tugging at that at that lifeline of, of potentially getting married next. <laughs> she wanted if if I am her significant other and I'm watching <laughs> either of their significant others, I'm like, holy, yeah, like, this is, is not good. Yeah, there's some dire ring need there. Yeah, and yeah, like it was Ooh. it was wild, very uncomfortable, and like you know, at our wedding. I didn't throw my bouquet. Dude, and that that's kind of the conversation I want to have. I think we just need to have a genuine conversation about, do we need to have bouquet tosses? And more than that, I have a question. And you listening right now, feel free to answer this in your mind. Think about weird bouquet toss stories that you have. <laughs> I can almost guarantee every single one of you thought of a weird bouquet toss what are the stats on weird bouquet tosses? Oh, that's a really good I'd question. Like, I like, have no idea. Maybe like 5% of bouquet tosses are like something occurs and that number feels high, you know? Yeah. If I, we all have a bouquet toss story, then that means a lot of them happen. That's probably a bad thing. I mean, like, are you, are you, when you say like a bouquet toss story, are you talking like wild, bad, good, like all crazy? Of all, all of it. it. All yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Everybody has a weird bouquet toss story. It's like we drove cars for a long time without seatbelts until we're like, hey, stats say maybe that's a bad idea, guys. 
We've thrown bouquet toss, but like everybody has a story of a horrible bouquet toss. Why do we still do this? It is true. I mean, I think there's lots of things for weddings that we still do. Oh, hit that, me. That don't need to be done. Like I love not doing things like, at weddings. Let's, I, let's well, hear it. we didn't actually do a lot of the traditional, That's like, it. more wedding traditional stuff. Like we didn't throw our, like I, we didn't throw my bouquet. We didn't do the garter toss. Um, oh my God. The guard, when, when the dude has to go under the dress yeah, like, to get the garter. I'm sorry. Like that's so your comfortable. Your parents are around, guys. All of the relatives are there. <laughs> like all of the relatives. Like all your family are there and you are watching your niece, daughter, whatever. That's a lot. Sit there and then have their new husband reach up into their dress with their mouths mm. and grab the garter. Like, and and as no. the husband, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like I'm about to go under the dress and I look over and Uncle Jeff is just staring <laughs> me down. I'm like, oh my God. I'm about to do this in front of everybody. <laughs> it's so awkward. That's weird. Yeah, and I mean, okay, so the other one, we didn't actually have cakes. So we we we're not lovers of cakes. So we had pies. We had a pie bar. Yeah. And actually you guys helped pick our pies. I think we had like what uh, 15 different kinds of pies. Yeah, we did a wedding. poll. Thank yeah, you to everybody yes. who chimed in on that. Yes. We actually, yeah, used all of your suggestions and favorites. Um so we didn't do a cake cutting or um and, and usually at cake cuttings, you take some of the cake and you put it in each other's faces. Like, I'm sorry. I just spent like $100 on my makeup. I oh. don't want you throwing cake in my face all like this oil icing. Let alone ooh. the dress and the suits. Oh my don't. God, yeah. yeah. Mm -mm. No. Not no. my jam. Not my jam. And you know what? If if you did these things at your wedding, oh, no hey, judgment. Absolutely. No judgment. I mean, I'm, I love a good bouquet toss, but I was just selfish and I kept my bouquet and I actually put in like, I had it like um, silica gelled and whatever. Yeah. And, like, and if you like yeah. bouquet tosses, that's fine. Just like know that one of your bridesmaids might catch an elbow in the face because <laughs> like this other lady is I love it. really I love, wanting that bouquet. Exactly. I love the good fight of <laughs> the bouquet toss. Like there are some girls out there in that crowd like needing that bouquet. Oh, and when lives. they walk out, they're like. They're so proud of themselves. They're like an NFL middle guy. linebacker. Like, let's go. This is what we play for. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the girl version of uh, a football game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because the garter toss is the complete opposite. Like oh, all the guys yeah. are like, oh god. I remember one time the the garter was coming at me, and I literally just stepped aside. Really? Nope. Don't want that. Oh my god. <laughs> No. I think it was at that same wedding. Really? Oh yeah. my god! Oh, did they? Because we that? just saw the bouquet toss go down, and all the guys get out, and we're all like, "None of us want this, right?" <laughs> like we all agree. Okay, good. Well, and that's the other thing. Like it's been stuck on her on on like the bride's leg all day. But doesn't the garter also mean the same as the bouquet? Yeah, like if I, I catch it, I'm I, the next to get married. Maybe. Yeah. No guy. Well, not no guy, but like. Oh, I actually don't know if it means the same. But we we took it as the same meaning, and oh, we were okay. all collectively agreed. Uh, right, that's got to hit you in the there's chest. There's Devin, the only one sitting at the table. Still, <laughs> <laughs> it would be yeah. a few few more years till you proposed. Yeah, yeah, it actually was. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't get the garter, and you didn't get the bouquet. <laughs> that's okay. And one thing, real quick, that we missed at the wedding is that we had our meet cute. Yes, oh my gosh. Cam yes. and Chuck met. Yeah. We meet Jessica Alba. She's walking between the tables. She has a beautiful dress. She looks adorable. Okay, but it is such a mid-2000s belt that she's wearing. <laughs> when she came in, I remember watching this movie and being like, oh my God, such a cute dress. Oh, she looks so good with her hair in a side braid and like the dress with the belt. Oh, and like I specifically remember that was totally a mid-2000s trend. And she immediately runs into a waitstaff person. Yeah, with a tray of drinks and... 
all of that. And this is the duality in the movie that I think is kind of like stupid or redundant. I, I have some holes to poke in it. She is incredibly unlucky just in terms of hurting herself, falling over things. We gather that she's a clumsy person or just genuinely unlucky, whereas Chuck is lucky kind of yeah like it's a little bit of like the Lindsay lohan movie like just my luck right like when she when there's the one guy who has really bad luck and then she has really good luck and they swap yes this one doesn't swap per se but they never really dive into the fact like too deep that she has terrible luck like they kind of do it a little bit throughout the movie and it's it's also inconsistent i'm gonna talk more about it later there's one thing that happened that just drove me crazy but yes then we move on to days after the wedding yeah and there is a perfect match.com so like the version of like i think match.com in the movie um and there's an article of him that highlights you know him being a good luck charm and that if you date him you know you'll more than likely get lucky with the next guy who you meet and oh my gosh amazing you'll meet your dream guy if you date this guy first and so he goes into his office his dentist's office and it is filled with all really good looking women wanting to bang him this was this was the point where the movie got ridiculous i think it's only like 25 minutes in i'm like all right this is absurd (laughs) already it's crazy. you have to you have to go like zero to a (laughs) hundred like how else are you gonna do it like i'm sorry one of the longest scenes in this movie and we'll get to it a little bit later is um is a montage the sex that Sarah montage. does not like. Yeah. This is the one montage in a movie I don't like, but yeah. we'll get to it in a little bit. After that, you know, he's like, oh my gosh, all these new clients, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't really get yet that like they're there specifically for him and his wiener. So he gets home and... Do you want me to say that? <laughs> no, 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 that's good. And he gets home and there's like a billion messages from women wanting to date him. And you quickly realize they don't want to date him. They just want to bang him because they believe that if he has sex with them, that they can quickly move on to the next person and they'll find their loves of their lives. God, this movie. This Like, if 17-year-old Devin could write a movie, this is what I would write. This is, like, it's such <laughs> lowbrow guy Cook humor. Movie. It's Yes. Oh, my. Can, you know what? Can we just take a moment mid-podcast to talk about the Dane Cook phenomenon? Yeah, sure. Because around this time, like you said, yeah. he, he had just come off Employee of the Month. Right, yeah. Yeah, in 2006. 06. Yeah. This movie's 07. I think collectively we all loved Dane Cook, and then all of a sudden everybody hated Dane Cook. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember watching his his comedy specials, like, multiple times and thinking they were so funny. I was yes. like, oh, my God, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And and it's funny because at the time I didn't get it. I'm like, wow, wait, we hate Dane Cook? What, what <laughs> I know, happened? And then all of a sudden we didn't like him anymore. And I was like, why don't we like him? I don't understand. But it's funny. Watching back this movie, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't get, get why we started to hate him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean the jokes that he said were not nice. Like it was the type of comedy that he had, right? Like that was a very, very small scale or small time period. It's almost like, I mean, Adam Sandler's is a little bit larger. I, okay. I'm so glad you yeah. brought that up. However, like I watch an old Adam Sandler movie now and I'm like, it's funny because this was the humor at that time. But I'm like, if he were to do something like that now, I don't know how how much I would find it funny. I You're, don't know. Yeah, Adam Sandler is such a good one because that's who I thought of with Dane Cook. But the difference is that Adam Sandler, like those were genuine hits and some of them have aged well. Like The Wedding Singer yes. oh my is God. still a fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah. But like Billy Madison, yeah, like I rewatched that not long ago. I'm like, ah, 
It's not as funny, is it? No. But it was like a genuine A plus Little comedy Nikki. back then. But I think Dane Cook hit that comedy at the end of the era, whereas yeah, Adam Sandler was killing it in the nineties and yeah. we loved it for like two decades. And that's a really good point. And then Dane Cook comes along and he still does that comedy and we like it for like two years. And then we're like, that was kind of stupid, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're not actually that funny. Yeah. Like, where is Dane Cook now? You know? You know what? He's had like a, uh, 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 you know what, Kay? So he's had a career revival from what I hear. Really? He's still releasing comedy albums and they're actually getting reviewed much better. So oh. I think he's doing well. Can we talk about comedians that everybody hates for no reason, though? Yeah. Because I think Dane Cook's on that list. He hasn't done anything extremely bad. He's not, you know, involved in some scandals. He's just everybody kind of hated him all of a sudden. Yeah. I think Amy Schumer is similar. Uh, like you know people what? just don't like her. I don't uh, quite get it. <laughs> I don't mind Amy Schumer. Like I like her. Although I will say I've actually never seen any of her comedy specials. I'm really bad at watching comedy specials. So I really can't see say from a comedy aspect what she's like, but from a movie aspect, like I don't think she's terrible in the movie. You know, I feel pretty. I thought she was like oh, good. Yeah. It was like an actual, you know, not a, not an overly stick skinny woman trying to portray to make us feel better about ourselves like train it was wreck's actually, another good one train train wreck. good. carrot top i think that God. might be justified actually i don't know what happened with carrot top i don't know carrot top's an oddball yeah he's an interesting character <laughs> wow <laughs> you like that one eh? um you know who I, is not my favorite sarah silverman oh really i just like i don't i don't know i've just never really cared for her um comedy and and you know what it might be an unpopular opinion i don't know again i don't watch enough comedy to really have a voice on it i also somewhat find her voice a little bit annoying ah uh, that's that would be it well you know what my the next person on my list who people don't like for no apparent reason kathy griffin she also i think it oh, might yeah. just be the voice uh, you know what i have heard people don't like her i also feel like people don't like kevin hart Oh, I like and that's Kevin Hart. New. I think that's a newer thing in the last few years. But I, I like Kevin Hart. Although, in his movies, yes, in the movies he plays, yeah, I'm a little bit like over him. Like, he is. He has been pigeonholed into a specific archetype of character in each movie that he plays. Hundred percent. And I'm like, you either need to push to get out of that, or if it's you who likes those characters like stop doing them. stop doing them <laughs> exactly like that, that's exactly yeah. what i was gonna say like i can't i can't watch another dwayne johnson kevin oh, hart movie where like my god and it's like he's the big guy and i'm the small guy yeah. like dude, okay that was funny for like a movie and a half exactly but the <laughs> fact you've done five movies together oh, and they're all the same god. thing like come on guys Let's grow out of it. I think Kevin Hart's because it it's so short. Let's grow. Wow. Out of it. See, this I'm, is why he I'm makes those fire. jokes, Sarah. This is why he does those movies because people <laughs> think jokes like that are funny. Okay, they're not actually funny. They're really, really bad. <laughs> they're like dad jokes times a hundred. So Cam works at an aquarium, and Jessica she Alba. is Jessica Alba. Yeah, and she is a lover of penguins, and she's at work, and um, she actually falls in the in the exhibit, and she chips a tooth while she is uh, falling down the the waterfall, and so she calls Charlie or Chuck to get it fixed because she at the, met at the wedding and knows that he's a dentist. Um, he asks her out on a date. And she says, no, no, thank you. Like, I'm good. I'm not really dating. I'm not into the whole scheme that you have going on. Like, she doesn't think very highly of him. No. You can you can totally notice it. 
Can I point out something annoying about her unlucky streak, though? Because, so, he does her dentistry, whatever. Yeah. She goes to her car, realizes that she needs a boost. Oh, right. This drove me crazy, because Chuck brings his car up to give her a boost. She's like, should I turn it on yet? And he's like, no, not yet. He clips in the one booster cable. Then she's like, now? And she turns the key. Oh, I know. I'm like, wait. That is, so there's there's like a discrepancy between like, hey, we want to make Jessica Alba's character unlucky. That's not unlucky. Yeah. That's stupidity. And that's not listening. The, right. Active listening skills. And then she ends up locking her keys in her car. So he drives her to her house and they're in his car and she's like, what does this do? Hits a button and his uh, soft top goes flying off. Again, didn't wait for the answer. I was going to say that's once again, not unlucky. Like they teed her up to be unlucky, but then she just does stupid stuff sometimes that I'm like, well, that's. It's not unlucky. This is just dumb. Yeah. And then she takes, because they get to their house and she realizes that she doesn't have the house key, that it's on the actual car keys. So she takes a brick from her front yard and smashes her front door, opens the door, grabs the extra set of car keys, and then um, gets back into the car, but then falls going down the stairs or up the stairs or whatever. They get back to the underground parking and she goes to close the door and closes her skirt in the door and then rips off the skirt and she has penguin underwear on, yeah. which she is like highly obsessed with penguins to the point where it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Do we want to talk about that? Sure. Penguins are adorable animals. They are to, really, really cute. And it's cute to be obsessed with them. I do agree, though. She's a bit much. Can we do uh, weirdest animals people get way too into? Because I think this is a common thing. I think there are a few. I had a friend who was absolutely against horse girls you know what i'm talking about the girls yes. who are like really into horses horse girls okay he, he just had a theory he's like there's something <laughs> there's something going on there i never have good interactions with girls who are into horses this is really weird but what, i've never him? heard that yeah like i've never heard that that's like i also don't know enough people who are obsessed with horses i was gonna say because i do know some horse you girls do. i'm like ah, you know i don't agree but i also don't disagree is it I'm, what, a, I'm gonna let you have your thing is it the same thing like what they say about like hockey goalies that goalies are a little odd oh 100 you know? yo okay th- there are a few different sports people yeah hockey goalies those are weird human beings <laughs> uh baseball catchers, catchers and, pitchers. and pitchers they are weird human beings <laughs> I feel like maybe football quarterbacks oh might be weird too. Oh, I don't know that. I I've never I've never heard that. Um, okay, but th- there are some guys in the hockey. NFL who will not shake hands with their throwing hand on game day. You know what though? I I give like, that's that's I, a little much, guys. I understand the whole superstition of things. Like I know people who have who wear the exact same like soccer socks, or it's like hockey, like when you dye your hair blonde or whatever for playoffs oh, or they grow mullets or they grow mu- yes. um, i mean all of those are terrible sydney crosby wears the same like penguins hat the entire season he like picks one right so like by the end of the season though he's doing interviews with this crusty yeah, sweaty disgusting, disgusting hat. i never said it was a good decision but that's what occurs but anyway back to the animal situation oh yeah okay, yeah, so yeah. The, the, the horse girl what are the yeah horse girls i agree like that's a little that the, there's a potential that could be a little odd I think there's animals that people can like or, you know, maybe slightly obsessed with. Oh, political that, Sarah's here. That is not um, <laughs> not weird. Like elephants. Elephants are wonderful creatures. Are people really into elephants? Yes. Oh. Yes, people are like really into elephants. Who's, do you know anybody? Like I know a few people who have like, who have like elephant tattoos. Okay. 
Okay. And like they really like elephants. I mean, like we don't have elephants in North America. <laughs> I was about like, to it's say, like, like going where out do you go their... to see the elephants? Yeah, they don't have pet elephants, but <laughs> but they really like them, you know. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like I I did a, I did a project on giraffes. Dude. I really liked giraffes. Oh, you're a giraffe girl. No, I wasn't. That's a giraffe worse than a girl. horse no, girl. Let's be for clear, sure. I was not a giraffe girl. Okay. I really liked elephants, but um, but again, it wasn't a. You know, in the backyard, petting my elephant. I don't know what that means, but feels like a euphemism yeah, that I, I don't That's, like. I, yeah. yeah, but I think there's like you know, um, I think people who own a lot of cats could be interesting. Oh, you're taking shots at the cat people? No. Whoa, that was that's an aggressive <laughs> stance, Sarah. Because cat people are far more common. Like, like I'm taking educated shots at horse girls, thinking there's probably not a horse girl listening. Cat people, though. <laughs> Sarah's wit is shaking me off. Forget I forget I mentioned forget the cat, I said that cat cause like because as soon as I said it, I was like, oh no, that's not like because <laughs> it's true. Like people, but I'm I'm not, I'm talking like people who own like ten cats. Yeah, well, what's the what's the level where it gets too much? I'm talking about like ten cats. Like that's an obsession. That's a lot. Ten cats is a lot. So then, like we're dog people, but I think there's also a max number of dogs before it gets kind of crazy. Well, yeah, I think it's actually a bylaw. Like you actually can't <laughs> physically own so many dogs. <laughs> Do we have a bylaw here that you can only oh, have, have so many dogs? Oh, we have the most ridiculous bylaws. Oh, in our that's city, funny. So yes, I'm sure there is one. So now we're at the point of the movie that Sarah's gonna love. Chuck's friend Stu convinces him, hey, all these women want to have sex with you because they think it's going to lead them to the, their one true love. Capitalize on this, man. Oh Just God, we, We've totally been glossing would. over a lot of the more inappropriate things that Stu has been doing and saying uh, during like this movie. Everything out of his mouth that Stu has been doing, yeah. Yeah, um, but Chuck takes this advice, and we do get to a great romantic comedy montage. I was going to say, it's not romantic. Of yeah. well, it's a romantic comedy, <laughs> it is, and it, it is, is a montage that exists in a romantic comedy. It's the boob montage, Sarah. Yes, the sex montage, really. Well, see, I call it the boob montage. Why? Well, because there's two boobs every time, right? It's it's or three. Yeah, at the end, we which is just <laughs> so ridiculous. But more or less, uh, Charlie is just going out and uh, having the time of his life. Doing it with all these women who want to use him to find their one true love. Yes, he's kind of on board, open for business. Yeah, he's open for business. Well, oh, I wow. don't know. How else are you supposed to describe a sex montage or a boob montage? That is where a, no, 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 that's a great way to describe where it. Where literally for five minutes of the movie screen time, this is occurring. 17 year old Devin loved it. I was just in oh my awe. God, I'm sure. So, have we found the one romantic comedy montage that Sarah does not like? Absolutely. Put it in the books. Correct. This is like one I was like, I definitely can do without. Thank you very much. Um, and okay, can we talk about Dan Fogler for a second? Yes, I really want to talk about him. Okay, like, is this his? Is this his worst movie? As soon as I realized that he is a big part of one of your most beloved franchises. Yes. He's in the Fantastic Beast movies. He is in the Fantastic Beast movies. Like a big part. He is a so okay. The franchise that I, obviously Harry Potter. Yeah. And the off franchise is Fantastic Beasts. And I you know, the the most recent one actually really got n- not great reviews. Um but ultimately like it brings you back into that magical world of the Harry Potter land and it's just a wonderful feeling. Yeah, the and, magical world of this cosmetic surgeon who Okay, no, Dan Fogler is actually a baker in (laughs) the movie. 
Um, and he's lovely. He's very, I, I think that is one of his best roles. Now. Compared to this? Compared to this. Absolutely. Like, he's awful in this movie. Yeah. Ick, ick, ick. I'm, it's uncomfortable watching him actually. And like, does that mean, make it like that he's doing a really good job? Like, I just, mm. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, his character was definitely supposed to be unsavory. It's just the comedy has moved on from that point where like oh, back then God, I'm like, oh, yeah. this is funny. And now I'm like, ooh, that that guy would have a lot of lawsuits on his hands in yeah. 2022. Oh you know? yeah, talk about like harassment claims. Um, Also, it goes back to like this obsession with animals. Oh no, no, no. His obsession with boobs is a problem. <laughs> You're right. I'm taking like, shots at horse girls where yeah. this guy is like, <laughs> like so uncomfortable. Come on. This is like a whole new level out of this universe. Oh, that's funny. So Chuck has yet to convince Cam to go on a date with him still. So he goes to her work and convinces her to go on a date with him. They have a great date. They kiss. It shows um, a few other dates that they, they go on. On their third date, they end up at his apartment ready to do it. Know, do it. And she's like all for it, which is so funny because literally two dates ago, you didn't want anything to do with the guy, but his charm and comedy Dane wooed Cook, you. Just, wow. Um, he gets a call on his emergency line from Stu, who says, you are, in fact, a real lucky charm. Like, you, I called all your ex-girlfriends. They are all getting married or with, like, or engaged. Like, this is real, that if you have sex with Cam, she will marry the next guy that she dates. So he dips out. He's like, bye, I'm gone. This was, I think, an iconic scene in the movie where Cam is, Jessica was laying in bed waiting for him to come in and he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So to prove if this theory of the good luck Chuck charm works. This is my best scene, actually. This is your best scene. Okay, talk about it then. Yeah. So they identify um, a person of interest named Eleanor. Yes. Eleanor is um, a larger person. A less attractive person. Yeah. Um, seems to be like just, yeah, not somebody who Chuck would normally go for. Correct. Is a polite way to say it. Um, so Chuck decides, hey, if her, if Eleanor and I get together and she actually finds love, then boom, we know the curse is for sure real because they make jokes about how nobody would want to <laughs> yeah. end up with Eleanor. Right. Um, the only reason I find this my best scene, I find the whole premise to be very unsavory. Let me say that. Uh, yeah. I just think it has the most memorable line of the movie because Chuck takes Eleanor to dinner. He's nailing back shots. For a thousand dollars. For a thousand dollars. They're doing a lobster dinner. Oh, God. And he reveals to her like, hey, you know, I was hoping later on we could go back to my place and <laughs> do it. Yeah. And she, she says the line... I'm gonna f you till you die. <coughs> I like it. Just made me chuckle. Uh, like I remember it, it from when chuckle. it made me chuckle. I remember it from when I I watched this movie back like in the day, and then now I'm like, ah, that line is still kind of funny. Like the whole premise is unsavory. The line and the delivery of the line still cracks me up. That's it. So then they do do it. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the lobster dinner, like I actually had to like fast forward her eating oh, the yeah. lobster dinner because I couldn't like she ate the whole thing and there's parts of the lobster you just don't necessarily eat and I just like I couldn't. So to wait and see whether Eleanor does find the love of her life, Cam and Chuck end up having a phone relationship because he wants, you know, to see what happens there first before he, you know, basically can't keep his hands off Cam and 
they end up having sex. So Stu calls and says, oh, yeah, I took out Eleanor because Chuck asks Stu to do him a favor. Go ask Eleanor out on a date. Take her out. Whatever. This is to test the theory. If you fall in love with her, then we know that the curse is real. And Stu's a piece of shit. Stu doesn't actually do it. No, he just asks her for the time. And of course, Chuck sees that and says, oh, good. Like she said yes. And I can, you know, get on with my life. And of course, Stu calls and says, yeah, 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 I did. I did the deed. Like you just go do your thing with Cam, like whatever. And you're in the clear. So Chuck runs over to Cam's house and they spend the night together. He gets up to do something. Uh, to get something to drink and turns on the TV and sees Eleanor in love on TV with another guy. Calls Stu right away and Stu's like, oh, uh, yeah, I couldn't go through with it, man. Uh, I just asked her for the time and then walked away. And of course, total lunch bag let down for Chuck. So the the curse is still real. Eleanor actually found love. And now Chuck just did it with Cam. So theoretically, as soon as they split, she's going to find the love of her life. So he gets oh, no. real overprotective and real smothering of Cam. And like this was also kind of like a, oh, like, dude, stop. It was like, a lot. It was it was not. too much is what it was. Calls her all the time, sends her hundreds of flowers, mm-hmm. breakfast in bed, singing people, which is like literally my worst nightmare. When that <laughs> thing showed up, when that quartet showed up, I was like, no, this is terrible. No. Oh, like, and this, I'll be honest, the last like, 30 minutes of the movie from here on just kind of became a blur like chuck yeah it did yeah it it, like the story was kind of told at this point i find yeah so like she he gets too clingy she breaks it off with him yeah he finds himself on a bench in the rain crying the thing that got me like i have to say i don't really have a best scene for this movie he walks into Stu's office and i have to say this because this goes along with the like too much he wants Stu to change his face because then he can become the next guy that Cam... See, I think that makes complete sense. I love that you're kidding when you say this. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The, like you're the, not kidding. That is weird, Devin. The theory works. Kay. No, it doesn't. I, I had sex with her. The next person she meets, she's going to fall in love with, so I just need to be a new person. That... Maybe, maybe the plastic surgery is a bit much, but like grow a mustache, grab some glasses... Put you on a hat and change your name. Person. Yeah, still... but but not to her. Your dick looks the same. <laughs> Is the basis of the curse just no. right in the tip of the penis? <laughs> we don't know the exact point of it. <laughs> where, where where does the curse exist? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> in his heart. The fact that you said it's the same penis well, implies like you ch- that you change your face, but she may recognize the penis. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were implying that the curse still exists, no. just in the penis. No, though. no, no. But I also think like he's still the same person. So. <laughs> Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna change the curse. Did she curse him or did she curse his dick? Oh my god! We don't know. <laughs> we should we ask don't her. know. Well, and that's what we do next. Chuck has his moment on the bench, and then he recalls the curse. I'm hexed. Yeah. By hexed, you mean batshit crazy? Then yeah, you're hexed. Don't you remember? Black lipstick, long fingernails. Put a hex on me. And he goes to that lady's house. Yes. From like the the lady from the goth girl, junior high or whatever. Yeah, the goth girl. He finds her. And she reveals to him, like, dude. Charlie, I was just a kid. I didn't even know what I was doing. I, I don't even know what I did. You f- 
up my life. That's what you did. And she gave him really good advice. Like, if you let her go, like, clearly you're smothering this girl. If you let her go and she comes back, then, you know, it's truly meant to be. It's like that whole butterfly thing. Like, set them free. And if they come back, then it's meant to be. And it's like, well, like, I don't know. But you're smothering her. You need to lay off on the whole smothering. Mm, Let's add butterfly people to the list of, like, animals that (laughs) it's weird to be obsessed with. The amount of people who I know who don't like butterflies... Um, and the, the reason why they don't like butterflies is because they don't know where they're going to go next. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel that <laughs> way about moths. Like, moths oh, freak me out because yeah. they're very just... <laughs> well, moths are very similar to butterflies. That's that's what I mean. Okay. Like, I, I get the correlation. <laughs> moths, butterflies, I understand. Yeah. I just think that's really funny because, like, they're just, like, they're not... They're, they can't bite you. Like, why would people be afraid of butterflies? They can land on you. That's fine. What are they going to do? Mm. Use their antenna to, like, see if you're sugary. And that's it. And then they'll, like, continue on their on your, on their their merry way. He realizes he has to let her go if she's meant to be with him. And so he makes the call that there's another there's another guy. Part of Cam's big, big storyline as well. You know, she's obsessed with penguins. But there's an author and an ex, like, a guy penguin who. Penguin expert? An, an expert yeah. in penguins who she's obsessed with and really, really wants to meet. So Chuck decides, you know what? I'm going to let her go. I'm going to call Howard, the one person who she, you know, believes other than me she could be with. And if she comes back, then that's great. So they do meet up and they hit it off, Cam and Howard, and they're doing a whole bunch of penguin stuff. And then they're going on their trip to Antarctica together. And... He rushes to the airport to stop them because he realizes, like, what am I doing? Like, I, I can only let her go for so long before trying again. This movie tries to develop characters and then they just stop. I so know. we have this moment where it's like, you know what, Chuck? You need to let her go. And he does that. And then immediately they're like, but no, don't let her go. Go to the airport and stop her from being with the guy. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I should do that instead. It's like we, we there's just, no character development happening here. We just established that that was the right thing to do. And now you're doing the opposite of Th- that. That's exactly it. That that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So he makes it to the plane in time. But there's two planes going to Antarctica, which like I would never have assumed there would be two planes going around the same time, the same day going to Antarctica. Absolutely not. Sorry. No. Nope. Um, it turns out that Howard is in fact married, the expert on penguins, and that the three of them are heading there. He makes a grand gesture speech, which wasn't all that wonderful. Uh, he did. He included a rock. When he, he did, that was really cute. That a was penguin cute. with a pebble. Charlie. My entire life, I've been nothing more than a stepping stone to every relationship I've ever been in. There's always been a next guy who's better than me. I want to be that next guy. Never said this to anybody in my whole life. Cam, I love you. Because it's a penguin thing, uh, which <laughs> I learned from Happy Feet. Oh, you you actually knew that going into the movie. Yes, I did. That they present yes. their significant other with a rock with to a show pebble. their yeah. with a pebble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and then... Um, and I might have watched uh, Planet Earth or something like that. So Cam takes him back. The curse is gone, but the curse never existed, which I also don't really Kay. understand. But did it? Because she goes into her voodoo box in her house and pulls the pin out of his heart. Right. So... There was a did curse. Did it exist? I think there was. And him showing up and asking to remove the curse showed how he had grown and that she had moved on. And I think there was a curse. So there was a curse. And then we're, we're left with Stu. Oh, God. Dan yeah. Fogler, who... I don't um, like Dan Fogler, but like just not in this movie. Who is now dating his dream woman. She has not one, not two, but she has three boobs. Yes, that is why. I'm sorry. There's nothing else about her personality, her as a person, anything like that, that makes her his dream girl. 
just the fact that she has three boobs. I think in closing, I find this movie feels like... Shallow, vapid? It feels (laughs) like it was written by like... Uh, a rock radio DJ, you know those like little, oh really lowbrow rock radio stations. Yeah, yes, yes. With yes. the cliche <laughs> announcers who like do fart jokes and they interview like porn stars and stuff yes, like that. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah. like, we are hard rock and we like rock hard <laughs> boobs and we like fake boobs and you're gonna rock hard with us because we're rocking hard with hard rock boobs and if you like boobs, we like boobs too as long as they're rocking hard with us and they're rock hard. Oh, we got a caller on the line. Hold on. Caller, yeah. Oh, do do you like boobs? I love boobs. Yeah, thank you. All right, here's Aerosmith. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's they won't I pay for like... they won't pay for the boobs, <laughs> but they like the boobs. That's who I feel wrote this friggin' movie. <laughs> it's just like a really lowbrow rock radio DJ who's just, you know what I like, Metallica and boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, quick facts. The movie poster for this film is a take on a famous Rolling Stone magazine cover of Yoko Ono and John Lennon in which John was completely naked. Dane Cook can be seen wearing a Super Club baseball cap while playing frisbee in the park. Super Club was the fictional wholesale store that Dane Cook worked in for one of his previous movies, Employee of the Month, in 2006. The shirt that Chuck wears during his first date with Cam is the same shirt that Dane Cook wore when performing Vicious Circle. Jennifer Love Hewitt was offered the role of Cam Wexler, but turned it down because of scheduling conflicts. Jennifer Lopez was also considered for the role. Ultimately, the role went to Jessica Alba. In total, there were 21 African penguins. Five of them were trained and would let people touch them. In both of her stripping scenes, Jessica Alba felt very uncomfortable filming in front of the cast because the day they did do the filming, the entire cast and crew was there. The building where Chuck and Stu work at is called the Celtab Building. Backwards, Celtab is Beatles. It was also the name of the corporation which in 1964 oversaw product licensing arrangements for the Beatles. Charlie's car is a 1957 Ford Thunderbird, while Cam's car is a 2006 Toyota Prius 2 with an I break for penguins bumper sticker. The original script was titled The Warm-Up Guy. That's funny, actually. Dan Fogler and Troy Gentile play the same character at different times. They later were in the TV show The Goldbergs, playing uncle and nephew. Originally, New Line Cinema was set to distribute this movie, but they gave the film to Lionsgate shortly before production. The song playing during the phone call montage is I Love It When You Call by The Feeling. The lyrics of the song continue, but you never call at all. But this doesn't fit with the theme of the montage when Cam and Chuck are constantly on the phone. Therefore, some of the lyrics are blanked out of the soundtrack, leaving several gaps. The quartet that sings to Cam is Antique Gold, the 2006 seniors champions of the Barbershop Harmony Society. There is a statue of an orca that is at the aquarium that Charlie walks past as he was leaving. The statue is outside the Vancouver Aquarium in Vancouver, British Columbia. The sculpture is called Chief of the Undersea by Bill Reed. According to his driver's license, Charlie's date of birth is 9-11-1972 or September 11th, 1972. Honorable mentions. Okay, so my honorable mention is Dan Fogler, but in any other movie other (laughs) than this. Any other movie and TV show other than this one. I like it. I don't have an honorable mention, but I agree with that one. Which should have been. I think... I wish 
that they would have portrayed Jessica Alba. Because you can be unlucky, but not dumb. Right. You know, like, I just think her character was really, um, like, I, I watched and I was like, oh, like, there's not much to you. You know, they could no, have done isn't. so You're much right. more to her character. Like, she was obsessed with penguins, sure, because she worked at an aquarium with penguins. But you, you're you probably a marine biologist. Like, you got to be intellectual to become a marine biologist. So it's – they just portrayed her in such a, a, a silly, very not intellectual person. And I, I didn't believe it, you know? Like, yeah. she didn't need to be dumb to yeah. play the role. I agree with that. I think Charlie – should have just been more likable. That's kind of the biggest overarching thing in this movie. Like, the jokes were sometimes cringy. The acting wasn't great. But, like, the genuine character design of Charlie just kind of sucked. Like, I felt like he had no moral compass. He essentially cheats on Cam with Eleanor. Yeah. And it's supposed to be funny because, like, oh, like, he's banging this, like, testing very... Testing out a theory. Testing out a theory. But, like, Which dude, like, okay. you're, you're still cheating, and I just think he has so few redeeming qualities, and it's all by design. And it, it kind of bothers me. Like, I think this movie could have gotten a little bit better, even with the cringy jokes, if Charlie was just a better human. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I see that. I, I completely agree. There was like a, a, a film of slime on him that I'm like, <laughs> so nah, I don't really like that. I yeah. don't, you know. Um, yeah, and now overall rewatchability. Okay, so my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry 2, Storyline 2.3, Thirst Factor 2, Imagination 2.3, Soundtrack 2, Cheese 2, for an overall score of 2.1 out of 5. Wow. Yeah. So I went Chemistry 1, Storyline 2.4, Thirst Factor. Is this wild? I put a 4. I think Jessica Alba is adorable. Yeah, that's why I got a 2. Okay. That's, I, I gave yeah. it a full 4. Uh, Imagination, 3.7. Wow. Okay. Soundtrack, 4. See, you know what? I, I really sat there and I was like, is this soundtrack good? And is there any, any there songs a couple that songs. stood out? And I was like, mm, not not overly. Eh. Cheese, 3.5. So I have an overall score of 3.1. Wow. Actually, yeah, I know. It a feels whole, high. A whole level above me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of... Good luck, Chuck. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to us on... Um, please throw us a follow, subscribe, leave some reviews. And if you want to reach out about anything that you heard at Romcom Rewind on Instagram, TikTok, or fire us an email, romcomrewind at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.